Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach and host of Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. You know, most of the time on our show, we highlight people and organizations who are doing great things and making a big impact by helping and supporting others in our community. But today, we're going to turn the tables a bit and focus instead on two organizations that help and support the nonprofits. So if you're a nonprofit listening today, there's going to be some great resources shared that you're going to want to pay particular attention to. So first, let's take a closer look at this large sector that contributes significantly to Wisconsin's economy and understand a bit more about its potential impact. According to the National Center for Charitable Statistics, there are more than 1.5 million nonprofits in the United States. Now, that number for Wisconsin is anywhere between 36,000 and 52,000, depending on how you define the parameters. But suffice to say, there's lots and lots of nonprofits making some big impact. In fact, according to John Hopkins University, if nonprofits were a country, they would have the fifth largest economy in the world. Running an effective nonprofit, however, has never been more difficult because of growing demand, shrinking resources, and fierce competition, among other things. It's hard for nonprofits to sustain themselves, and it's holding some of them back from doing all they can to advance their missions. But we know that we need an effective nonprofit sector now more than ever before. So what can we do to support them? Well, we can build awareness. We can give them a voice. We can provide support and resources, all of which we accomplish by them being on this show. So my first guest today is Rob Meeksons, Executive Director from the Nonprofit Academy of Wisconsin. Rob has been a guest before on the MPC show, and we welcome him back to give some more direction and guidance to the nonprofit sector. So welcome back today, Rob. Hi, Jill. Thanks for having me back. You're welcome. It's glad to have you back. The last time we actually had you on the show, you were just heading into the deep part of the pandemic. And at the time, you were just a little worried about your nonprofit and the sector as a whole getting through this. And I actually read that philanthropy's response to COVID in 2020 was over $20 billion in giving, which surpassed giving to any other natural disaster in recent memory. I found that fact to be very, very interesting. There's a lot you can do with, with $20 billion, I think. From a, from a big picture view, Rob, how do you feel things are going? I think, you know, just a, in the same that it, in any other sector, in any other business, there have been good news. There's been some bad news. I mean, it, for example, it's great to hear that there's that much money that the philanthropists have chosen to give to the sector to help provide the services that are needed right now, to help provide the yeah, you know, just you know, the help that the community needs. To me, you know, what we're hearing a little bit is that there are some um, parts of the sector that have done really well with these donations, and it's a lot of it has gone to basic needs, which is exactly where it should have gone. Should have gone. So, helping people get the food that they need, helping people get 
clothing or education, whatever it may be. But then on the other side is that there are a number of segments of the sector that have struggled significantly with this, including the arts community, for example. The arts community has been struggling very badly, as we know, you know, they, they don't have the ability to do performances in the theater. You know, you can't have anybody come to see your show. So, and those agencies are not really receiving any of the, the support from the philanthropic community that you're seeing that you were just talking about, Jill. The other part of it is how many hoops are the nonprofits having to jump through to get this money? And there are a lot of, you know, there's very, very long forms that you're having to fill out and, you know, all kinds of outcomes that you're having to all of a sudden start saying that you're going to be tracking and make and, and reporting on. So there's a lot of hoops that are um, being required. And the final question that I would ask about that one is where is the money coming from? And it's largely coming from large philanthropic donors. And these are people that have many restrictions and many reasons why they're giving that you then have to follow up. So it's not like they're just doing this handout and saying here, it's just, it's a little bit more complicated than that. So it, you know, there are just some nonprofits that are still struggling. It's been good news for some, but it's been bad news for many of them. Yeah. And I read too, that uh, some of these large donors that you're talking about, they're somewhat loosening their restrictions, you know, for uh, people receiving grants so that, you know, it's not as cumbersome a process, maybe. Um, I hope that's true. Um, I'm hearing mixed things about that. You know, we mm-hmm. I read a lot of blogs online where you know, like people like Vule are talking about, why are you making us jump through all these hoops? There's a lot of give and take. I think the donors feel that they're doing a really nice job and some of the nonprofits are going, hey, you know, we're struggling here. We we don't have the time to take to fill out that form. Can you just make it really, really easy this one time, please? Yeah, yeah. Cut us some slack, right? <laughs> right. Um, has anything surprised you over this past year? Um, yeah, actually, I think there have been a few things that have really kind of surprised me. And, and for some nonprofits, this has actually been a little bit of a quiet time that some of their work has not been as busy as it has been in the past, just because they're not they're not able to have people come into the same building with them. So there's a little bit of a pause that happened for some. And they many have actually used this time to start reflecting on who they are and why they're doing the work that they're doing, and how are they doing this work. Uh, so they actually have been spending more time than I was expecting thinking about strategic planning, thinking about visioning, thinking about the values, and all of those kinds of things. That was really kind of surprising, and I was really kind of glad to hear it. You know, because of the changes that have happened, they have been trying to do their work in slightly different ways. And so they're also in the pause that they're having, they're looking at that and saying, are there some benefits to this? Are there some really good things that are coming out of having to do work in a different way that we can learn from? And that has caused that, you know, if we have that kind of a reflective aspect of what's going on, it really speaks well, I think, to the sector and how we're trying to respond and how we're trying to be nimble in um, how we deliver the work that we do. And I actually heard from a couple of nonprofits that they actually are reaching more people because they're Zooming. Right. Uh, so there are some segments of the community. I mean, there is, uh, you know, an, uh, an LGBT organization that I was working with, for example, and they were saying that there are some people that would not, for various reasons, be seen going to an LGBT building. <laughs> um, okay. 
and they just cannot be seen going to it and they cannot be labeled that way. But all of a sudden, because you're zooming, you are able to touch them and able to engage with them in ways that you would not otherwise. And so that's an example of how this can work. And so how do we going forward, figure out how to create the balance between Uh in-person work and the virtual work where we're able to reach some people that we haven't been able to reach. Yeah. And uh, conversely there, I was talking with an organization that works with young kids and they said, zooming has been a challenge for them because guess what? The kids are zooming all day long. And the last thing they want to do is zoom when they get home at night. And so, you know, for some, it's been a little bit of a challenge um, during this, I mean, over and above the normal challenges. Organization I was working with or talking with just recently and it's an organization that helps to prevent sex trafficking among young women. And they do incredible work. She was telling me a story about how, you know, the, the work that she has done, the teaching that she has given had, you know, helped this one woman who was finding herself in a taxi cab in Florida and all of a sudden realizing that she and her friends who were in this cab were being set up. And so because of the teaching that this woman had given her, she was able to figure out a way out of the situation by calling an Uber cab to come and meet them. So all of a sudden there was a third person that was now in the situation, an objective observer, and that allowed the ladies to get out of the situation. But this is a program that she teaches in high school. So if high schools are not open, she can't teach this work in the way that she did before. Yeah. So now her program is really struggling because she doesn't have the contract to teach at the schools anymore. And her program is not one that is receiving the kind of basic needs underwriting from the philanthropies that you were talking about at the beginning of the show. Well, it's it's interesting to see how many nonprofits have had to to pivot. You know, we looked we looked back over the past year, uh, in some cases, what what people are going through. And now let's look forward. You know, what's on the horizon? When we return, we're going to learn about some new things being offered to help support a thriving nonprofit. Stay tuned and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Rob Meeksons from the Nonprofit Academy of Wisconsin. So, Rob, you shared what's been happening in the recent past. Let's let's take a look at some things that uh, are going to be coming up in the near future. You uh, you have a new program called Fireside Chats. That sounds yeah. really good right about now. <laughs> uh, you want to tell us a little bit more about those? Well, it is kind of exactly what it sounds like, you know, except we don't have FDR doing it and we don't actually have a fireside that we can sit next to. Um, but, you know, we're trying to create this sense of, through the imagery of a very quiet, gentle, uh, intimate conversation. And that's really what these things are about. And what it came from was some strategic planning that my organization was doing. And we were talking with the board. And this one gentleman, Ron Kuramoto, who's on my board, said, you know, what if what we're seeing now is just the way things are going to be and it's not going to go back to what we knew before and so it's really hard for us to know what the answers are for nonprofits it's really hard for us to tell a nonprofit this is what you're going to have to do in order to be effective because there are so many questions about what's coming and what's going to happen and how this is all going to play out so we started trying to figure out how do we actually hear what the questions are let alone finding the answers. And so that's where we said, let's get into some conversation with people 
and find out who's doing what, who is answering questions we did not even know existed. So to construct this, we kind of went to our default, which is the Standards for Excellence, which is a competency model that we've adopted from the Maryland Nonprofits Association. And we're creating conversations around each of you know, several different areas in there. So the first one, for example, was nonprofit leadership in times of change. The second one was nonprofit communication in times of change. So you get the theme, nonprofit something in times of change. And let's just invite some people who have some experience or expertise in this area and then open up a limited number of other seats to just people who want to talk. So we only have 15 participants in an hour and a half. We have no presentations, no PowerPoints, no prezies, no pronouncements of this is what you got to do. It's really just let's talk. What are you seeing? What's happening out there? And have that intimate conversation. It's been fascinating. <laughs> I imagine it has. What What are you hearing from the participants so far? What are they struggling with? What What benefits are they seeing? Well, the benefits that they're seeing are some of the ones that we talked about in the you know earlier on in the show, which is you know that some of them are seeing that they're expanding their networks, they're reaching more people than they've ever reached before, just because of doing virtual communications. On the flip side of that, which you also referenced, is that. They're, although they're seeing their professional networks expand, they're seeing that some of their family and friend connections are struggling a little bit because, as you know, we all know, at the end of the day, you're kind of really tired of doing virtual communication, and that's the last thing you want to do. So you kind of go into your little hovel and <laughs> sit there by yourself, and you don't really get into the communication with other people. Some of the things that we were hearing are really about that, you know, um, What's the impact that we're having? You know, how are we able to respond? And some of the things that people were pointing to is that they've really nicely seen some leaders who are stepping up to the plate, who are responding really well by being very responsive, very nimble, and very positive in how they're approaching things. And so the people that they're identifying as the really good leaders in this environment are the people who are seeing that maybe there are some benefits here. Maybe there is a way for us to do things a little bit differently. And what can we learn from that? So the people who have, unlike you, I'm trying to ban the word pivot from the English language at this point, but just because everybody's been using it so much. So people who are able to do a course correction, paradigm shift, you know, somehow respond to things and do it in a positive way and be a little bit nimble with their organization or they're really the ones who are succeeding and who are ones who are, you know, helping. Um, other ones are, you know, who are trying to just stick to what they've always done and the way they've always done it are the ones who are going to struggle a little bit. But how great that you have people that are doing it and they're doing it well and they're willing to sit alongside those that may not be doing it as well, uh, those that are struggling, and they are providing that silver lining, if you will, or that positive engagement so that, uh, you know, I imagine it can be very overwhelming for some of these nonprofits that just aren't seeing the funding like they had before, even though we said $20 billion is, is, uh, has been given in 2020, but uh, there obviously are some that are struggling. And so knowing that there's people out there that are saying, you know, this is what we're seeing and, and this is a good thing. And let's, let's share that. Um, I imagine you, you talk a bit about uh, best practices and stuff like that. 
We do. Uh, we talk a little bit about best practices. I th- I th- the one thing that really kind of stuck out for me, the other the conversation that we had very recently was, you know, we were all sitting around talking about communication and we were all bemoaning the fact that, you know, they were having to do things all virtually and we only get to see each other in boxes anymore. We don't get to see each other in person. And, you know, where are all the hugs and where's the chat around the coffee pot or any of these kinds of things. And then one woman named Penny just sort of stopped us all dead in our tracks and said, people, this is just another form of communication. It's really not that different. And she started talking about the fact that you just have to be authentic. You have to be transparent. You have to be true to who you are in your core. And you have to be open and honest about what it is that you're trying to communicate, why you're trying to communicate it. And then everything is just going to be as it was. It's just a slightly different tool than we ever had before. So her thing that kind of stopped everybody in their tracks was keep it real. <laughs> and this too shall pass, right? I mean, we're, we're hoping that it passes sooner rather than later, right? It's kind of interesting. We did a once around at the end to see what everybody had learned from this conversation. And we came up with this uh, formula, which was authenticity plus transparency equals resili- resiliency. Oh, I like that. Say that again. Authenticity plus transparency equals resiliency. The thing about just keep it real, be honest, and, and you know, it's just another form of communication and take the panic out of it. Right, right. Well, what are your thoughts on what nonprofits will be seeing coming up in the future? It'll be interesting. I mean, right now we're, I'm, I do feel a palpable sense of loneliness among the people that I talk with there, you know, there's been some sense of executive directors are really struggling right now. And I'm not sure how we address that. Um, I've heard that there's alcoholism is really rising among executive directors and so on and so forth. So I think there is a, a need for us to figure out how to do a little bit more self-help as executive, maybe it's not even self-help, but how do we reach out and, and help the group of people who are leading these nonprofit organizations? And I think there's just more questions than there are answers right now. So we don't know what funding is going to be like. If that much money has been given away, is it going to be a reduction in funding going forward to make up for it, to compensate for it? Foundations only have to give four to five percent of their capital on an annual basis, averaged out over five years. So if you're doing that kind of averaging, then, you know, two to three years from now, we could see a real dip. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also been a significant job loss in the sector. So how do we make up for that? So there's a whole bunch of things that are really kind of these question marks that have to be addressed. That's what I'm seeing is probably what's going to happen over the next year as we all try to do the course corrections that we need to do to respond well, what about you specifically? What What's next for the Nonprofit Academy of Wisconsin? Well, we're spending a lot of time really trying to create some space for to, to address that loneliness, that palpable loneliness that I was talking about. And so we've created these fireside chats. Uh, we're creating leader circles for executive directors to be able to talk uh, confidentially to each other in a peer-to-peer support group. Uh, we're creating a curriculum that's going to be cohort groups. Um, for the coming year so that people will be learning together and sharing and just having a chance to communicate with each other. So that's really kind of what we're working on right now. And we encourage everybody to go to our website, which is npawi.org and look them up and register for them. We'd love to have you join us. Um, If you want to contact me directly and ask any questions about it, it's robm at npawi.org. 
Awesome. Give that website one more time. N-P-A-W-I.org. So it's Nonprofit Academy of Wisconsin.org. All right. Should be pretty straightforward. So nonprofits, a lot of good resources out there for you to uh, check into. So check out that site and and uh, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. So thank you for, for sharing your insights today, Rob. Appreciate you uh, being with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I feel like I'm a regular. You are, you are, because I'm sure you'll be back again to expound some wisdom to the nonprofits. So thanks again. Nationally, nonprofits employ just under 12 million people, about one of every 10 working Americans, making it the third largest employment industry in the country behind retail and manufacturing. Nonprofits in Wisconsin provide employment to one in eight workers. So if you're looking for a career in the nonprofit sector, do you scour dozens of nonprofit websites searching for open positions? thinking the whole time there's just got to be a better way to do this. Well, there is. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back after commercial break. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. So before the break, I was saying if you're searching for the ideal opportunity for you in the nonprofit sector, but you don't feel like spending hours and days sometimes searching endless nonprofit websites looking for a match, well, we've got some good news for you. There is a much easier way. My next guest is Ben Hastel, who is the founder of Jobs That Help which is an employment placement organization, kind of like an Indeed for the nonprofit sector. Welcome to the show today, Ben. Thanks so much for having me as a part of the show, Jill. It's great to be here. You're welcome. Well, let's dive into this right away and understand more about this Jobs That Help. Uh, Tell us about it and what led you to start it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, a little bit about my background. Um, It's in the nonprofit sector. And growing up, I was really passionate about issues of social justice, which continues to be the case. And that pulled me towards nonprofit work at a young age. So I've worked for nonprofits almost my whole adult life so far and um, eventually got a master of social work. So a lot of the work I've done has been with human services focused nonprofits around in, in my case, program development, management, and volunteer and staff recruitment. And what led me to start Jobs That Help. So, so geographically, I grew up just south of Madison and, and um, have been living and working in Milwaukee for about the past six years now after working for nonprofits in Indiana, Ohio, and Massachusetts for several years before then. And it was moving back here to Milwaukee or back to Wisconsin here to Milwaukee um, about six years ago and, and looking for work here in the nonprofit sector um, that is kind of what started the ball rolling towards towards uh, starting jobs that help. And that's because there was this very popular and well-used nonprofit job board um, at the time when I was looking, which was run by the Nonprofit Center of Milwaukee. And that was how I found my first job here. It was just a wonderful resource. Unfortunately, the Nonprofit Center closed at the end of 2018. And with it was the end of this nonprofit jobs board. At the time, I was working at Walker's Point Youth and Family Center, 
in Milwaukee and we had positions to fill. And we, along with a lot of other nonprofits, had lost this key place where we recruited our staff. And I realized that I might be able to continue this really important resource as I've always enjoyed using technology to help nonprofits better fulfill their missions. And I'd had a previous position in which I had developed a similar platform for nonprofit volunteer opportunities. So this allowed me to launch Jobs That Help in February of 2019. And with a lot of help with word of mouth in the community, it took off pretty much immediately. And Jobs That Help is now not just for the greater Milwaukee region, but is a statewide resource and the largest job board focused on nonprofit career opportunities in Wisconsin. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, at, on any one day, um, at this point, we'll have over 100 opportunities posted. Uh, last year, we helped hundreds of Wisconsin nonprofits fill over 1,000 opportunities. And our mission is to continue to provide a best-in-class platform to connect nonprofits in Wisconsin and job seekers with each other. That's great. And 1,000 jobs you placed last year. That's, that's great. Um, I had read a statistic that said nationally, as of January 2021, the nonprofit workforce remained down by nearly 960,000 jobs compared to February 2020 levels, representing a 7.7% decline in jobs from its pre-pandemic level. So what makes having a specific job board for nonprofit opportunities help as it relates to this statistic? Well, even with recent employment losses in the nonprofit sector, like in many sectors, uh, there right now, there really is a specific and sustained interest in nonprofit opportunities. As you mentioned um, earlier, more than one in 10 workers in Wisconsin are actually employed by a nonprofit, higher than our national average. We have thousands of visitors each week to the site. Um, like I was mentioning, over 100 job openings posted any one day. And a lot of people are really interested in a job that is mission-driven and feels mean, meaningful in ways that many nonprofit jobs are. And like you were referencing, general job boards can make it a lot trickier to find these mission-driven nonprofit opportunities. Often they won't even have a nonprofit jobs category. So then you have to search one by one for position titles by keyword. And there's a lot of diversity in nonprofit position titles. For instance, um, a workforce development position might be titled a job coach, an employment advocate, a case manager, a workforce development specialist, or something else. And there's no overlap in any of those words of those job titles. So that's a lot of different searches to, mm. um, to make for a job seeker. And it means probably missing opportunities of interest when there isn't that specific nonprofit job board to easily turn up all those opportunities when browsing openings. Okay. Well, speaking of that, what, what are some types of nonprofit jobs that you list? You know, like what, what fields, what mission areas, that type of thing? Yeah, yeah. So we list the full range of opportunities in, in terms of full-time, part-time, contractual jobs, including AmeriCorps positions, and then also internships and board positions at nonprofits in Wisconsin. And we have opportunities in a large variety of fields, um, including, for example, human services, operations, education, youth programming, fundraising, communications and marketing, administration, accounting, healthcare, animal welfare. The list list goes on. Okay. Do you find any one area more 
popular than another? Because again, in, in doing research for the show, I read that arts, the arts have really taken a hit in job loss. Have you found a particular area that is more fruitful than another, let's say? Yeah, so I would say that that the fields that opportunities are in and the um, kind of the mission areas that of those, um, the nonprofits posting really do reflect kind of that that cross section of of what you'll find in the nonprofit field in general in the, in the state. Um, so certainly there's a, a lot of human services positions we find, um, a lot of positions in um, uh, education um, related organizations, both you know whether those are um, schools or you know after school programs, before school, um, adult education and vocational training, kind of that full range. Um, a lot around um, shelter and housing related services and assistance. Um, a lot of youth and children services, children's services and, and youth programming, whether those are um, camps or extracurricular activities. And then really we'll see that kind of that full range of areas that jobs are in just in terms of, of or what's required to run a nonprofit, just like any other business in terms of needing positions in marketing and administration and operations and accounting and maintenance. So kind of all those positions that day-to-day make up the work of any nonprofit, regardless of its mission. All right. Well, we know now that there's a better way to seek out that perfect position at a nonprofit, whether that's, as you said, Ben, executive level or marketing or admin level, there's smattering of all, all different things out there. Jobs that help is the perfect starting point. Uh, what about other resources or tips available? Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we'll discuss those topics further. So stay tuned. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. Director of Community Outreach, and I'm talking with Ben Hastel, founder of Jobs That Help. So, Ben, we we know that we have a great starting point, Jobs That Help Job Board. That's where everybody can start. But what then? You know, what what tips would you give a job seeker applying to an opportunity on Jobs That Help? Well, certainly all the standard tips for applying to any job are applicable to, to nonprofit opportunities. So those would be things like editing your cover letter and resume to highlight the experiences and qualifications you have that would be relevant to each specific opportunity that you apply for, uh, preparing for questions that are commonly asked in interviews, researching the organization and opportunity and how and where it fits into the structure and mission of the organization. Speaking of, of mission, particularly for nonprofits, uh, they're seeking team members who are passionate about the mission of the organization. So it's important for an applicant to a nonprofit job to be able to articulate the ways in which their skills and experience and interests tie into the mission of that nonprofit and how they can help advance its work and be a part of that mission. We also have resources for nonprofit job seekers on our blog, um, on our website, jobsthathelp.com. In particular, I recommend checking out our job post on the best career guides to landing your nonprofit dream job, which has some great resources, whether 
you're uh, just starting your job search for the first time as a, say, maybe a student or recent graduate, you're looking to switch uh, to the nonprofit sector, or you have years uh, of nonprofit experience in the sector already. Again, that's a great resource. That's that's the primary thing right there, and that's wonderful. But you also offer other resources. You want to share what else you have going on there? Yeah, so we have quite a few other resources, though, of course, our job listings are, are the the focus of, of the website. So you can register an account as a job seeker on jobs that help to access um, some of these extra resources and features, such as being able to post your resume. Uh, resumes posted to our resume bank by job seekers are privately viewable to those with employer accounts. And we added this resume bank at the request of our nonprofits and it is used by them. So it's another great way to, as a job seeker, get your name out there. With a job seeker account, you can also set up job alerts to send an email every day, week, every other week with a list of the title and link to any jobs that were posted, which uh, met the criteria that w- that you set in the job alert. So that helps make sure an opportunity isn't missed. Um, we have the, the job seeker employer blog with resources that I just mentioned. And if you're a job seeker, we encourage exploring it for tips and guides on resumes, cover letters, interviewing, negotiating an offer, um, and more. And if you're a nonprofit employer, we also include tips on steps to draw candidates to their job posting, uh, ways to make the job post stand out and be most effective to job seekers, um, resources for determining appropriate compensation, among um, other resources as well. We have a monthly e-newsletter that we send out, one to job seekers and one to employers, which for job seekers highlights a resource or job fair or professional development event coming up as well as uh, recent job postings, and for employers shares HR, workforce, and and leadership-related resources and opportunities. And anyone can subscribe to them via the link at the bottom of most pages um, on our our website. And then finally, but not least, we have a great calendar of online events happening in the community that are relevant to nonprofit, professional, and career development on our events calendar. And um, this could be a great way to do networking and build skills as a, you know, whether as a job seeker or as a professional, and we're updating it with additional events all the time too. Okay, well, that's that's a really nice, uh, comprehensive uh, offering there. Um, and you mentioned that you're not just Milwaukee; that you're the whole state; that you've got jobs posted across the state. Do you go? Do you cross state lines at all, or is it just within Wisconsin? So our, our focus is on Wisconsin, and, and uh, that's our, our mission and our, the core to our goal is to be the, the best we can be for Wisconsin nonprofits with, in terms of events count, the, our events calendar with you know, everything um, or so many more things going virtual these days. We um, are able to list events that are not only you know, happening, whether physically or virtually, kind of from organizations in Wisconsin, but you know, really anywhere in, on the globe, which is a, it can be a really powerful kind of uh, make for really powerful opportunities at times for learning. For sure. Well, let's talk uh, specifically Wisconsin a little bit here. As I mentioned before, there was a 7.7% decline in jobs from January, 2020 to January, 2021 on a national level. So how has the pandemic impacted nonprofit job openings in Wisconsin specifically, and how is 2021 looking? Yeah, so this has been quite the unusual period, of course, and we saw nonprofits heavily impacted last spring. 
Uh, many nonprofits had to temporarily close, had staff on furlough, um, were, or were under hiring freezes or you know, even more significant challenges. Since last spring, we've seen job openings recover very quickly, happily, up to a little more than 70% their pre-pandemic numbers. And we are seeing that continue to improve as well. Um, in fact, this past month, we actually had more job openings posted than the same month last year, So, which was February 2020, which of course was right before the pandemic and its impact was felt. So seeing more job openings posted last month than last February is really encouraging. And, and certainly 2021 is, is looking really promising for the nonprofit sector, though there's a lot of challenges that remain. Um, but I think overall really speaks to the resilience of our nonprofits in Wisconsin. Yeah, that's that's really encouraging, 70%, because again, reading statistics and doing in, uh, research before the show, I read a lot of interesting things, and one of them was that uh, it'll likely take about two years to get to the pre-pandemic job rate numbers. And so now that's nationally again. So if we've got some really great things going on right here in Wisconsin and in, in, in terms of getting back to work, that's that's awesome. 70%, that's, that's very encouraging, very encouraging. So how can listeners support Jobs That Helps mission uh, that you have to connect these job seekers with nonprofit opportunities in the state? Well, first of all, no matter what the background or skills or experience that a listener might have, um, certainly one thing I'd want to emphasize is that there's nonprofit opportunities out there for you um, on, on jobs that help on our job listings. And if a job that includes a meaningful nonprofit mission feels persuasive to you, uh, we encourage you to take a look at our job listings or, or just because you might be curious to see what's there and, and get kind of a, a better sense or feel for what that might mean and what those nonprofit opportunities are. Moreover, because we do share a diverse range of opportunities, uh, please share jobs that help and all the nonprofit opportunities on it with people in your circles and community. Um, they're really important opportunities um, to fill um, for our community, play really important roles in um, the, the functioning in many ways. And in addition, even if you aren't a job seeker, the opportunities and events we list are also a great way to just learn about nonprofits and their missions and, and work in Wisconsin in general. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of people that will be helped uh, on both sides, you know, the nonprofit themselves and then the people that are looking to, to get jobs. And so it's a great place to start, as we said, jobs that help and a lot of resources as you uh, told us about that are available as well. Um, and even if somebody just wants to learn more about a nonprofit, I think to, to see how they're growing, you know, to, to take a look at the job opportunities that are, available within that nonprofit speaks to the success, I think. So we want to make sure that people understand how best to get to jobs that help. So give us again, website information, phone number, best way for people to reach out, whether they're a nonprofit or a for-profit, uh, they just want information, uh, best way to reach you. Yeah. Our website is jobsthathelp.com. And other easy ways to share or connect with us are through our Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram channels. We're always happy to provide flyers or handouts or other graphics that can be used, um, whether you know in electronic or paper format. And don't hesitate to reach out to us if you have an idea or a way we can make more people in your circle or community um, aware of you know all these great opportunities in our community. 
And um, I can be reached at ben at jobsthathelp.com. And um, as I mentioned, if we can be of assistance, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Okay, jobsthathelp.com. That's really easy. <laughs> it's nice when you have an easy site to reference. So I want to thank my guest today, Rob Meeksons, Executive Director of the Nonprofit Academy of Wisconsin. And again, Ben Hastow, founder of Jobs That Help. So thank you both for your commitment to support education and advocacy for the nonprofit sector. Thanks again for uh, participating in the interview. There was a quote that I came across in a report that the Helen Bader Institute for Nonprofit Management put together that says, nonprofits embody the best spirit and values of our nation. They turn our beliefs into action as promoters of democracy, champions of the common good, incubators of innovation, laboratories of leadership, protectors of taxpayers, responders in times of trouble, stimulators of the economy, and weavers of community fabric. You'll be hard-pressed to find anyone who has not been touched in some way by a nonprofit organization, whether they knew it or not. So true. So if you're a nonprofit listening today, first of all, thank you for the work that you do to help support our community. Hopefully you gained some insight and knowledge of some things going on in your sector in the way of education and support. If you're not a nonprofit, but you enjoyed what you heard today and you know of a nonprofit that would benefit from the information shared, can you let them know about this interview and suggest that they listen to it so that they too can benefit from the information? The best way to do that is to visit our website at ellenbecker.com and listen to the podcast or listen on demand at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. And of course, you can always email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or call our office at 262-691-3200 and ask me. To hear more about some great people and organizations who are contributing to making our community a great place to live and work, Tune in to Milwaukee's philanthropic community every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. on News Talk 1130 WISN on the AM dial, or you can go to Newstalk1130.com on your computer, or you can listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app. By sharing helpful resources and information with others, you will have found a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Thanks for listening today. Have a great day.